Welcome to Spotlight on Pulmonary Fibrosis, a podcast provided by Böhringer Ingelheim. This podcast series aims to help people navigate their way through the complex pulmonary fibrosis journey. Leading doctors and patient organization representatives from across Europe share their insights on the topics of diagnosis, treatment, and management of pulmonary fibrosis. Welcome to this episode of Spotlight on Pulmonary Fibrosis. In this episode, we're going to be talking about learnings from the COVID pandemic. And here with us today are Olga Drapalova, a patient with myositis from the Czech Republic, and Dr. Veronika Müller, a pulmonologist from Hungary. Thank you both very much for joining us today. Thank you and hi. Thank you. Hi. Okay, uh, well, we're going to start with you, Olga, as a patient and patient organization representative. Could you please tell us your story? So when and how you were diagnosed and why you chose to become a patient advocate? Yes, uh, thank you very much uh, for this question. It is my pleasure to share my story. First of all, I would like to say that I'm a patient. Eight years ago, I was diagnosed with polymyositis, JOI1 antibody positive antisynthesized syndrome and interstitial lung disease. At the time, I was an inspector of the secondary cycle of the European schools. I traveled a lot. I was responsible for the European baccalaureate in geography and the Czech language. That means it was a very hard job. At the same time, I struggled with a rare disease that is potentially very dangerous. Mm -hmm. After retiring, I was dealing with a new challenge and my rheumatologist asked me if I was willing to work for a patient organization. I didn't hesitate at all and answered him in agreement, unaware of what it would all mean. I found it the patient group Myositis, which operates under the umbrella of the League Against the Rheumatisms of the Czech Republic. As the patient advocate, I contribute to patient awareness of rare disease and current treatment. I help them to be active in communication with doctors, and thus I contribute to the development of appropriate treatment and, above all, to the improvement of their lives. Mm -hmm. This work for patient organization is quite time-consuming, but in this activity I have found a new meaning in my life, and it helps me to cope with my illness, myositis. I have established international cooperation with patient association. I have participated in an international project organized by IMEX, International Myositis Assessment and Clinic Studies, and I have prepared an information leaflet for patients, then an information brochure, we leave with myositis, and we are currently launching the Exercise with Myositis project. Moreover, I'm a member of the international team that is preparing the patient program for the fourth global conference of myositis, which will take place in Prague in June 2022. Mm -hmm. Concerning the second question, the topic of the current pandemic is extremely important to me because I'm aware how dangerous COVID-19 infection is to be for patients with lung disease. Yes. 
you're doing a lot of wonderful work and it's a, it, it sounds like a lot of work, but extremely important. Turning to Dr. Müller now, um, could you please tell us about your role as a, a pulmonologist? How did it all start and why did you decide to specialize in pulmonology in particular? Oh, thank you so much. This is a great pleasure to take part in this discussion. And uh, I am a pulmonary physician since 1999. And previously, I was working as a researcher here in Hungary and in Germany, and as a clinician in a central clinical laboratory for five years. And I joined the pulmonary department, actually accidentally, as my boss at the pathophysiology transferred to the department of pulmonology. And that time, the actual boss or head of the department did offer me a position. So I specialized in respiratory medicine and later in clinical oncology. I have a continuous interest in systemic autoimmune diseases since my laboratory specialization, and it continued over the years in respiratory care and oncology. Systemic autoimmune diseases, or also known as connective tissue diseases, are often associated with different lung manifestations, including different lung infections, airway diseases, and also interstitial lung diseases. This work with uh, connective tissue disease patients was a great opportunity to start more closely in the field uh, of interstitial lung diseases. So we first introduced the multidisciplinary discussions at our university for interstitial lung disease in 2015. And now our department at the Semmelweis University is a reference center for ILDs and I am leading now a big clinical team for this discipline, subdiscipline in pulmonary medicine, including different forms of lung fibrosis. Obviously, you're an expert in pulmonary fibrosis. Um, what is it like to work closely with the patients who have this disease? Yeah, actually, we have now a big experience with these kind of patients, and we are also very much interested in contributing to patient organizations and uh, continuing our development, mainly focusing on the needs of the patients with these diseases. We've been living with the COVID-19 pandemic for almost two years now, as we all know. Uh, today, we're going to discuss this special journey from the perspective of patients with pulmonary fibrosis, how it has affected their daily lives, and what we've learned so far, and how we can use these learnings to overcome challenges. My question now to Olga, what have been the biggest challenges for you as a pulmonary fibrosis patient during the COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, thank you very much for this question. As you know, the years 2020 and 2021 are characterized by the COVID-19 pandemic, which has claimed a million deaths worldwide. High mortality is associated with acute severe respiratory failure. Therefore, patients with pulmonary fibrosis face many problems, many challenges. One of the main challenges is the fear of COVID-19 infection. Uh, there is a high risk of severe course of this illness or side effects. And in addition, it can lead to death. It's important that patients avoid the virus and try to not affect it. I can mention other challenges, isolation of patients, don't associate with relatives and friends. It often leads to loss of social contacts, which can lead to mental problems. Preventive measures include wearing masks or respirators that cause respiratory problems or challenge in patients with pulmonary fibrosis. And maybe the main uh, challenge during this pandemic is access to doctors during the pandemic. It's really a major issue. 
Right, and on that note, my question to Dr. Müller, how has your job as a pulmonologist changed during the COVID-19 pandemic and how has it changed how you interact and monitor pulmonary fibrosis patients? COVID pandemic did profoundly change the work of pulmonologists in March 2020 in Hungary. So my department started the care with COVID patients uh, as they, we were the first who did care about these patients at our university. And since then, we are one of the biggest providers for COVID patients. But life did not stop for patients with other diseases. So we did introduce several changes to maintain pulmonary care for patients with other lung diseases, including lung cancer, asthma, or interstitial lung disease, just to name some. It was a big help that the legal background changed in our country. So telemedicine became a possibility to provide patient-centered care. It was utmost important for me and my team to continue the care with ILD patients, including pulmonary fibrosis. So we did uh, provide patients with several written informations to be safe during the pandemic before the vaccination. This included measures how to protect themselves, information how to exercise. We included possibilities how to communicate to the medical team and how to get access to regular fibrosis medications. We've all had to change our lives a lot over the past two years. And of course, it's also the case for patients with pulmonary fibrosis, their families and physicians. And as Olga said, there are lots of other issues that are then connected to it, such as psychological issues. Olga, I believe that you have some questions for Dr. Müller. Yes, of course. Why are pulmonary fibrosis patients considered to be at a higher risk for developing severe COVID-19? Pulmonary fibrosis is often associated with deficient lung regeneration. It means uh, we have to prevent injuries to the lung. Viral infections, including the SARS-CoV-2, are inducing severe lung damage to a big proportion of our patients. So if infected lung fibrosis patients are at very high risk for developing more severe lung damage, Unfortunately, the lungs cannot repair themselves as well as healthy lungs, so permanent functional decline might persist. It means that patients cannot do as much following COVID than they could before the infection. All personal protective measures should be used, meaning social distancing when airborne infections are common, wearing masks, covering the nose and mouth, and regularly washing hands and also disinfecting them. And next question, are there any statistics of the number of pulmonary fibrosis patients who has contracted COVID-19 in Europe? If so, what are the outcomes? This is a tough question and it's very difficult to answer. So there are some studies addressing the outcome of pulmonary fibrosis patients and COVID-19. It is obvious that lung fibrosis is a risk factor for less favorable outcome. Most important risk factors are the same as for subjects without lung diseases, including age and comorbidities. What means comorbidities? What are the most important? They are cardiovascular diseases like hypertension, it is diabetes, and a very important comorbidity is obesity. We see it from our daily life that obesity is really a big challenge for patients with COVID-19. And since vaccination is available, the outcome in our center for ILD patients is much better. Most patients have less severe symptoms and we did not lose any ILD patient with severe COVID who did get the vaccination. 
Our center is always emphasizing uh, in Hungary now the third vaccination is already available, that they are getting their third vaccine as it is available and it gives the best protection to date. Actually, data, I think, may vary according to different countries. So I cannot say that how many patients did suffer from COVID-19 who have lung fibrosis, but I think we have now measures how to prevent the infection. And the next one, what precautions can pulmonary fibrosis patients take to protect themselves from contracted COVID-19? Yeah, the most important measures are prevention from airborne infections in general. This includes social distancing, meaning not going to crowded places. For example, choosing shopping times or public transport, excluding the rush hours. It is extremely important to wear face masks, preferably surgical or FFP2, in closed places, covering the nose and the mouth. I see it a lot of time that patients or even other healthy people are not really wearing the face masks properly, so it's not covering their nose and mouth simultaneously. Additionally, washing hands and disinfecting hands regularly is a very important measure. It is also very important to keep a healthy lifestyle, including not smoking, which means also avoiding passive smoke exposure. We also recommend taking vitamins, which might be insufficiently present in our diet. For example, I am personally recommending vitamin D and C intake and zinc for our patients in the wintertime. Additionally, a well-balanced diet is also very, very important with fresh vegetables and sufficient intake of proteins. Regular exercise, including daily breathing exercises, are very important. And this is also excellent to preserve lung health. Speaking of protection, um, during the COVID-19 pandemic, many hospitals have had to focus on treating patients affected with COVID-19 and the risk for infection uh, made some patients hesitant, indeed, to attend their appointments with their physicians. What's the real impact of this situation is the question here. Olga, how did your interaction with your physician change during the pandemic? Did you communicate through telemedicine, for instance? Yeah, thank you very much for the question. It's, it's a very, very interesting question. Uh, but my interaction with rheumatologists and pulmonologists didn't change during the pandemic. I visited physicians at three monthly intervals. I always had an appointment, which was always at a certain time to avoid contact with other patients. I don't know if uh, telemedicine is suitable for patients with pulmonary fibrosis. Physicians need a blood test, test of muscle strength and check of lungs, listening with stethoscope and spirometry and a blood gas testing, oxygen content in the blood and so on. Of course, I'm aware there are pros and cons of this health care. Advantages, for example, convenient, cost-saving, efficient, eliminates or reduces travel, promotes preventive health. I would like to underline preventive health. And disadvantages, technology barriers, insurance coverage issue, regulatory obstacles. I think that according to my opinion, it's not applicable in all situations. There is personal barriers. I know that it's most cost effective, but may be clinically risky. 
It's only a partial solution to the complex of challenges of delivering healthcare. I know that it reduces the chances of infection during the pandemic. Improved documentation and data collection, written documentation increases the legal protection for both parties. But as I mentioned during my speech, promotes only preventive health. It's my opinion on telemedicine. Right. So that's from your side. Uh, indeed, let's ask Dr. Muller now. So what are the biggest challenges for patients when it comes to accessing standard health during this pandemic? I have to agree with Olga. This was really a hard time and I think it has challenged both patient and uh, provider sides. So COVID-19 has really impacted key components of the diagnosis and management of fibrotic ILDs when talking about ILDs especially. For patients with this disease, it is very important that there were sometimes restricted times with access to diagnostic procedures and we have new uncertainties in the use of common ILD pharmacotherapies because we could not monitor so closely our patients. We have also limited availability to monitor the disease severity and the presence of medication adverse events. So this is definitely a hard time. However, we had to provide our patient care. So actually what we could see that there were some possibilities also during this pandemic, like introducing using telemedicine in the multidisciplinary discussions. So this was something we could really continue and introduce and we would really like to maintain it. This is more like an internal medical issue, but it is also very important that the patients who are already in the diagnostic care, that they are getting the diagnosis and the treatment. An additional important issue is that we have a lot of patients on antifibrotic therapies which have some kind of side effects or known side effects which should be managed. And there was an overlap between these adverse events of the medications and the symptoms of COVID-19, including like diarrhea or fatigue or loss of appetite. And this was a big issue that sometimes this was a delay in the early identification of the infection. Uh, So this was a big challenge for us as a medical team. In addition, uh, maybe it's also an important issue and it might change from country to country. This was a big possibility for us via telemedicine. We could prescribe the medications so patients did not need to come to the hospital or even to the GP's office. We could make it via some newly introduced form. So we could put the recipes into the cloud so the patient, they, just, they were just going to the pharmacy with their specific numbers and they could get the medication. So this was a big opportunity for us to provide our patient with the regular medications. Right, big challenges, but also lessons learned and uh, some good ones perhaps for the future as well. Olga, uh, you have a couple more questions for Dr. Muller. Yes, 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 I have it. Some patients are still afraid to visit the doctor. What advice can you give them? Actually, I have only advice from my department. So we really asked our patients to stick to their strict appointment, meaning not arriving too early to the appointment and really be tried to stick to the time limit so that they did not spend too much time in a, a healthcare facility. 
We also try to keep visits as short as possible and also offer telemedicine to patients without new symptoms. So who was stable and did not need any medical care, who are always advised to come to regular visits, but nothing new. And they were uh, already running without uh, new symptoms and they knew about their disease. We just advised them that just to to take the offer of our telemedicine service. So in Hungary, in all medical facilities, healthcare professionals need to wear masks. And in pulmonary departments, as we are uh, centers for higher infection risk, also patients are requesting to wear masks covering nose and mouth to prevent infection during their visits. So additionally, at entry, All patients need to disinfect their hands and it is also available at multiple locations at our facility. So I think when you are sure that the medical staff is doing everything they can to prevent infections, then I think you can be safe and come and visit your doctor and get your regular checkup. Now, despite the many challenges that the COVID-19 pandemic has caused, there is positive news on the other hand. Scientists around the world have, of course, joined forces and worked together to develop solutions that will enable us to exit the pandemic eventually, namely the COVID-19 vaccines. Dr. Müller, why is it important in particular for patients with pulmonary fibrosis to get vaccinated against COVID-19? And are the recommendations the same for patients with different causes of pulmonary fibrosis, for example, rheumatic disease with ILD, autoimmune disease with ILD and IPF, for instance? Vaccination program started early uh, 2021 in our country. I am quite sure that in the region, most uh, countries started vaccination programs um, during this time period. So we did have several possibilities for vaccination in our country. So it was of high interest to give guidance to patients when to get the vaccine and which one to choose. Now, nearly 100% of our lung fibrosis patients are vaccinated and we continue to motivate all patients and, very importantly, their families to get the vaccine. Working since nearly two years uh, with COVID, me and all my pulmonary physicians know that COVID disease is a disaster, especially for patients with lung diseases. So we have to take all measures to prevent SARS-CoV-2 infection and being vaccinated can prevent the most cases in most cases, development of severe disease. So I can confirm that patients who are now taking their third vaccine in Hungary are having much lower risk for developing a severe disease. And we did not observe any severe adverse effects from vaccination. So in my opinion, it's safe and recommended. Very, very good news. But why is it important to continue to take precautions even though you're vaccinated? So even if you are vaccinated, it doesn't mean that you cannot get SARS-CoV-2 infection. It's only preventing you from having a severe disease. Mm-hmm. So uh, it is really mandatory to also do precautions when you are having a lung disease. The pandemic is still ongoing, of course, and it's important to keep on enjoying life with family and friends and do things that make you happy. As Olga was saying earlier on, it has been a big challenge there. Is it possible to do that in a safe way, is the question. Olga, you have a a couple of questions, last questions for Dr. Müller. For patients who wish to visit friends and family or simply go on, on holiday, What should they think about in terms of travel arrangements 
and protective measures. I think visiting friends and family is very, very important for everyone, especially for patients who have a chronic disease. This is really a very important factor for joy and happiness. So first, you should always follow the local regulations from your country. This is important and they may change over some weeks. If going abroad, you should always look up the regulations from the country you are visiting and also checking, for example, travel conditions, including what maybe flight companies or railway companies acquire. Meeting friends and family is always important. And if all precautions are done against getting infected, the visits are definitely recommended. Optimal meeting include family and friends who are also vaccinated and not visiting with respiratory symptoms, so from the patient and from the family or friend's side. Moving forward, what should pulmonary fibrosis patients have in mind when the society is returning to normal, but COVID-19 is still around? I am since many years a pulmonary physician, and I know that... Uh, Airborne infections are always returning, especially during winter time. So I think that airborne viral infections, maybe just going back to influenza, are always present. So we have now decades of influenza vaccination behind us and pulmonary physicians always recommend it to patients at high risk. I am sure that SARS-CoV-2 and COVID will not disappear, but we have now possibilities for prevention. I think we have learned in the society that personal protection includes social distancing, avoiding crowded places, wearing masks, and washing and disinfecting hands is always helping. And additionally, a healthy lifestyle, including well-balanced diet, regular physical exercise, breathing exercises, are also essential. So as a medical doctor, I also advise to take the prescribed medications regularly and contact your treating physician when worsening of the disease or adverse events are noted. On that note, we will leave it there. And uh, we'd just like to say a big thanks to Olga Drapalova and to Dr. Veronica Müller for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was just a great talk. Uh, thank you very much. It was a very interesting interview. Thank you. Thank you and goodbye. It was. It was. Thank you. Very interesting. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Spotlight on Pulmonary Fibrosis podcast. For more podcasts in this series, you can subscribe for free on whatever platform you use. The information on this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment.